0: Welcome to Put Your Heart Into It, the HVC podcast centered around educating providers and staff about common clinical scenarios so that we can better treat our patients. Podcasts on this account are meant for educational purposes only and should not be used as a substitute for medical diagnoses or advice. If you have any clinical symptoms or medical questions, please consult a licensed healthcare provider. Let's get started on this month's podcast. Hello again. We will continue the podcast series on hypertension. Part one was about diagnosing and goals of treatment of hypertension, and also when to look for and when to evaluate for secondary hypertension. But of course, most hypertension is primary hypertension, which doesn't have an exact cause and typically needs pharmacologic therapy. Again, our goal of therapy is at least under 140 over 90, and ideally, most of blood pressures, home ambulatory, under 130 over 80. So we have quite a few hypertensive agents. Typically, our first-line therapy comes from one of three classes. This would be thiazide diuretics, ACE inhibitors and ARB agents, So that is, again, ACE inhibitors and angiotensin receptor blockers. They're very similar. And the calcium channel blockers, which are the dihydropyridine. So these are medicines like amlodipine or verapamil, different than diltiazem, which is sort of more for rate control rather than hypertension. So, again, these are our... um, main three first-line agents. We can go through them rapidly. The thiazide diuretics are typically hydrochlorothiazide, the most common, and slightly more potent is chlorothalidone or indapapine, I-N-D-A-P-A-M-I-D-E. Um, the ACE inhibitors typically are medicines that end in pril. This is like enalapril, lisinopril, and there's several others as well. And then their sort of brother is the angiotensin receptor blockers, which are Losartan, Omlosartan, and uh, there are several other ones like Temlosartan as well. Now, again, dihydropyridine calcium channel blockers. This is like forapamil and amlodipine, and there are several other ones, typically end in P-I-N-E. So there's actually really large randomized controlled trials, and it says that when any of these agents are used as first line and they are tolerated, you get equivalent outcomes in terms of reducing heart attack, stroke, all the terrible things that can happen with hypertension. Let's go over some of the common side effects with these medicines. Uh, First, let's start with the thiazide diuretics. Um, The most common side effect is decreasing potassium, probably less so than with loop diuretics like furosemide, which typically are more for removing sodium and volume reduction in heart failure or edema, Uh, but the the, the thiazides can do this as well. They could also uh, reduce magnesium levels and may need supplementation and can uh, cause some renal issues and also watch out for them causing gout. If the person is allergic to sulfa drugs, these should be avoided. So typically check labs, a BMP, maybe a magnesium within about one or two weeks of initiating therapy or increasing the dose. ACE inhibitors, great drugs. Most common one is lisinopril. Um, Very common side effect from this is cough. And this is a dry cough, fairly constant. Um, it can also raise potassium and cause some renal dysfunction. So again, check a BMP one or two weeks after starting or increasing the dosage. It does have a very rare and terrible side effect called angioedema, where the lips and the tongue and even the throat can swell up and can compromise the airway. So if that happens definitely has to be completely contraindicated. Um, The similar drug, which you can use if the person does have the cough with ACE inhibitor is ARB, angiotensin receptor blocker. Again, these are ending in sartan, like low sartan, omla sartan, and several others. But if the patient had angioedema with lisinopril, I would not, or, or sorry, with any ACE inhibitor, I would not use an ARB either. But if they have a cough, I think that is okay. Again, watch for a high potassium and uh, watch the creatinine when you first start it. Um, the non hydroperidine calcium channel blockers, great drugs, really not a lot of side effects don't have to worry about renal function, don't have to worry about potassium or cough, but they definitely cause edema. Um, so if the patient has edema, try a lower dose, try it with a diuretic, but oftentimes you have to stop it unfortunately, even though these are great drugs and often even once a day drugs. So again, these are typically our initial first line agents. Um, One consideration is that if the blood pressure is initially over 160, over 100, so you basically want to get the systolic down 20 points and the diastolic down 20 points, it's okay to use two of these drugs as a combo therapy. And what's great is a lot of combination of these three agents is available and they're typically generically priced, so that's wonderful. Another consideration is if the patient has a special condition, you may be prefer using one agent over the other, such as if in African-American patients, ACE inhibitor and ARB monotherapy is less effective. If the patient has congestive heart failure, we might already be using things like loop diuretics, so you may not need another diuretic, and you may prefer Medicines like beta blockers and again the ACEs and ARBs Uh, In renal dysfunction the ACEs and ARBs are preferred at least in early stage renal dysfunction Uh, It does protect the kidneys with more advanced stage renal dysfunction Maybe need to be avoided in diabetics ACE inhibitors and ARBs are definitely strongly recommended they prevent progression of renal dysfunction and uh retinopathy in diabetics. So one thing I would say is let's maximize the dose of one agent prior to initiating a new medicine. Now, what are other medicines we could use? Um, I briefly mentioned loop diuretics. These are things like furosemide or torosemide. You know, not really strong antihypertensives but of course, very effective for congestive heart failure, for edema, pulmonary edema, Um, and you might be on this, so you may want to avoid another diuretic, depending on the patient, the risk of syncope, of low blood pressure, the age, and frailty levels. Um, There are the other classes of calcium channel blockers, the non-dihydropyridines. These are medicines like diltiazem, typically more for rate control, but have blood pressure effect as well. So you might get uh, efficacy in terms of heart rate control and hypertensive control. The example I would give is a patient with hypertension with atrial fibrillation. Now let's move to some of the other classes. Um, Generally, this is an order that I would consider initiating new meds. Um, consider next a uh, next drug is beta blockers um, these are again medicines that end in ol ol carvedilol or coreg metoprolol toprol um, the other ones are tenanol uh, propranol natalol um, some caveats about each a teninol, have to be careful when there is renal dysfunction the medicine labetalol in terms of using in pregnancy probably better studied than other drugs so it's a good first line agent during pregnancy of course carvedilol and toprol very well studied in congestive heart failure especially with decreased ejection fraction i do often use propranolol when there's components of anxiety and thyroid disease it seems to work well for both And natalol is effective when you're treating not really hypertension, but things like palpitations, sinus tachycardia. You could start with a very low dose. Next class I'm going to discuss are the alpha blockers. Uh, Not really great antihypertensive agents. There's two, prazosin and doxazosin. They have some caveats in that they help sometimes with Prostate disease, they could help dilate the prostate and um, help uh, urination when patient has BPH. And there's actually pretty well studied in the combination of PTSD and hypertensive hypertension. So if the patient has both of these conditions, PTSD and hypertension, consider alpha blockers. The next agent I use more and more is spironolactone or aldactone. Uh, it's a really great third or fourth line antihypertensive agents. It's really more of like a steroid, so it doesn't work right away. Classified as a diuretic, but you don't really get significant increase in urine output. Also helpful in congestive heart failure with reduced ejection fraction. Watch the potassium with these drugs. It can be raised. The dose can be increased to about 100 milligrams a day. And typically when I'm using this as a third or fourth agent, as we mentioned in the prior podcast, check the aldosterone and renin serum levels because you may have a condition called adrenal adenoma, which can be a secondary cause of hypertension. One agent and one class that I'm using often, especially as, as needed medicine in the oral form, is clonidine, a great as needed, antihypertensive. But if you're finding the patient is tolerating the clonidine pill well and having to take it very often, there's a lot of rebound hypertension. So I often put them on a once weekly clonidine patch, which is typically very well tolerated, and you could still use the as needed oral form with it. A few other agents to round out this list, hydralazine, it's a good PRN, antihypertensive, its dose can go up to quite high, and so it's titratable, and it could be twice a day or three times a day, and there's some evidence it does have benefit in congestive heart failure through afterload reduction. Another agent uh, similar to this is nitrates, long-acting nitrates like isosorbide mononitrate and isosorbide dinitrate. You definitely be limited to in going up the dose because of headache, but if the patient does have some angina or even you want afterload reduction, this is a pretty effective medicine. Not as much for blood pressure control, but it could be again a third or fourth or fifth line agent. To round out my list, I have a medicine that I sometimes use, minoxidil. initially um, can be used on a small dose. You had to be careful in people with renal dysfunction because it could cause pericardial effusion and edema, but sometimes this medicine is effective. So to summarize, we have several classes of medicines typically use the thiazide diuretics, the ACEs and ARBs, and the calcium channel blockers as either monotherapy or combination therapy in patients and then add medicines as needed, maximize the dose of the previous medicine prior to adding a new medicine. So hypertension is a common and challenging condition. Uh, Look for specific conditions such as congestive heart failure, renal dysfunction, thyroid disease, and you might find a medicine that could treat this condition while also treating the hypertension. So thank you very much. I hope you learned something from this podcast and will continue listening. Let me know if you have any questions or suggestions for other topics. Thank you. Thanks for listening. Tune in next time for another cardiology-focused episode.